Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And welcome to One Up Delivered Through the AI Podcast Channel. I'm your host, as usual, Guy Drinkle. And joining me is Carl. How are you doing, bud? Not too bad, Guy. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, it's been a what's the word hectic couple of days in the old football podcasting world, but that seemed to die a death quicker than most people thought. But yeah, it's been it's been an alright week now. <laughs> now that it's all gone back to the status quo that nobody was liking anyway. Even though it steamrolled your birthday, unfortunately. Ah, it's just... It's a tradition now. The last time Liverpool played on my birthday was the Aston Villa semi-final. So, if we ever have a game on the April 19th, we're losing it or drawing. So, yeah. Put that, put that in your calendar. <laughs> just, if you're having a bet against Liverpool, look for that day. Yeah, that was, uh, that was grand. But anywho, we're not going to talk about football, thankfully. We're here to talk about games. And um, yeah, I mean, we're obviously going to do the news and then some Sony stuff. But we finally started a game. We started playing Gears 5, didn't we? And I keep avoiding you because I'm addicted to COD now, apparently. Um, but we we did finally start playing something together that wasn't grounded. We did. We, we kept promising it on the, the podcast it was all about me finishing Gears of War 4 which I managed to do so we got we got Gears of War 5 going we've gotten through Act 5 so far um, there, there was there, there was some sloppy moments I mean there was, I remember a specific scene where I was pinned under some rubble and I didn't seem to be able to <laughs> to hold off the enemies and you even got a bit lost when trying to find me, but we eventually got through it, and we got through Act One. So I'm looking forward to to getting through Act Two. It's a it's a solid game. I, I think already I can safely say it's better than Gears of War Four. Yeah, I mean I haven't finished I haven't finished it in my first uh, playthrough, but yeah, hopefully we now that well COD is getting new stuff today, but we're not we don't really tend to discuss COD. But after we record this, I will watch the COD event, and then hopefully my addiction will die, and we can finish God. I can finish Gears Five, uh, then maybe even eventually play Outriders. But that's probably that's asking too much. 
<laughs> Quite possibly. Uh, but I mean, on Outriders, that was probably the last big game come out. I mean, we've both played it a bit. I'm not sure if you you've probably gone ahead of where we where I was now. Uh, it it's alright, isn't it? I don't think it pulls up any trees, but it's, it's a fun game for what it is. I think. Yeah, I mean, I've put about fifteen hours in at this point. Um, it, it's solid, you know. I'd, I'd give a, I've see on kind of Metacritic, it's in and around a, you know, the seventy mark. Yeah, I, I think a, a seven out of ten yeah. is is fair. Um, you know, it 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 takes some cues from different games without really kind of enhancing them in any mm. way. I mean, it it reminds me of the division in some ways of. Borderlands and in others doesn't reinvent um, the wheel, does it? It's just kind it, of there, but it's fun there. Exactly, and I, I think that the timing has probably helped it. Now it is glitchy as hell. I yes. mean, I've in, I've encountered a lot of glitches. I, I people familiar with the game obviously would be aware of the contracts you can do. I had one specific contract where I couldn't complete it for a very long time because the target kept either teleporting off the map or becoming invincible <laughs> once I dropped him to his knees so I couldn't execute him. I also had the guy, um, Jakob, is it, that you have to talk to to travel, mm. disappear. He just vanished. Like So I couldn't speak to him, so I couldn't leave the map. And I had to eventually log out and log back in to make him reappear. So it's a it's a it's a glitchy game. So I'm I'm sure it's gonna need some patches. I know the the cross platform play was broken at launch, and they've been working to patch that back in as well. So it's definitely a work in progress. But it's it's fun for what it is, and you know I, I enjoy, it's a good game to just kind of jump into and you know maybe stick on a podcast in the background and, and switch off somewhat. So it's 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 definitely filling a void for me. Yeah, I think I think the fact that I got it in Game Pass, I think that kind of brightens my mood towards the game because if I paid 70, 60, 70 quid for it I'd probably be like it probably wasn't worth it but the fact that I've got it in Game Pass it's uh, it pretty much I think it's a spot on Game Pass game probably but um, yeah I'd agree with that yeah any, any, you finally <laughs> get value out of your Xbox finally <laughs> uh, oh dear but um, we are here for a topic but we'll do the news first as usual uh, it has been probably a few weeks since we've done this, but um, we finally get some Star Wars news. Yeah, so th- this is a, a rumour that's been around for a while, and I'm pretty sure we even mentioned this rumour in passing uh, when we were talking about uh, previous Star Wars news, but now it, it seems a little more solid given uh, who is now reporting this Rumor, so we'll we'll jump into it. Uh, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic remake developed by Aspire, uh, and this comes from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer and Tom Wright. The unannounced Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic remake will be developed by renowned port studio Aspire. Bloomberg reporter Jason Schreier revealed the detail while a guest on the MinMax podcast. It follows earlier whispers of a KOTOR remake, which have swirled for some time, and which also suggested the project wasn't being handled internally by EA or original studio BioWare. Eurogamer has separately heard of Aspire's involvement, and that while the developer is known for often releasing stray ports, work is currently underway to make the project more of a remake instead. Back in January, another report suggested the project would contain elements from both KOTOR games 
quote, to bring certain things into the current Star Wars canon, end quote. Speaking last night on the MinMax podcast, Schreier said, quote, this is public at this point. I've basically confirmed Aspire, which is the company that's ported a bunch of KOTOR games, is working on the remake, end quote. And you can read the full story over at Eurogamer. So what's your thoughts on this one, guys? This, uh, I know it's a remake of an old game, but I mean, we're, we're possibly talking one of, if not the biggest Star Wars game of all time. Yeah, it's probably regarded as the best one, depending on how you like the original Battlefront, isn't it? Um, I mean, it's great news. I think when the rumour you were talking about when you were introducing it, didn't they say it was going to be by a studio nobody had expected and, and, and stuff like that? Or that might have been a new Kotor or something like that. But anyway, I mean, for a... For a developer that that seemingly just does ports, I mean, it's probably quite a bit of an undertaking. I mean, there'll be a lot of pressure on it because, as we say, it's one of the most beloved games ever, if uh, uh, even outside of Star Wars. Um, for that, so them to do a remake, and if they're saying they're bringing uh, elements of one and two, it, it it should be interesting. I mean, it's a lot of pressure on for a for a company not known for making. Um, their own games, but yeah, I mean, I'll I'll get it, I'll play it because I mean I played Kotor, but I was probably too young to appreciate. I like I enjoyed it what what I played, but I never got round to finishing it, so I never got the uh, the big twist at the end and, and stuff like that. But I mean, it was probably it was probably my first experience on console of a game like that, really. So. It's always held a special place for me, Kotor, but it's it's one I'd really enjoy finishing. Um, once once this comes out, and hopefully it's uh, not a well, uh, not a Warcraft two or three situation. <laughs> so hopefully it's a good remake. Yeah, I mean, I've surprisingly, you know, surprising myself in that sense that I haven't actually played through either of the the Kotor games. I I did play a few hours of the first one. But I think I was always kind of holding out hope that it would be remade at some point. It, it seemed a no-brainer to do so. So, and then especially then when the rumors started, I thought, well, I, I can kind of leave that off the backlog and just wait for a remake. Um, so I'm happy that it's finally been well, no, not officially confirmed, but you know, next best thing when Jason Trier reports something, it, it's most likely to happen. Um, it's also interesting what it means for. Star Wars as a whole, because let's not forget any video games made at this point that have the the LucasArts kind of seal of approval are are canon. Um, So that Mm. means that this game will bring Knights of the Old Republic back into canon, like out of Legends and into canon. And obviously there has been rumors about a a Knights of the Old Republic film, you know, so that this isn't the first Mm. thing we've heard, but it'll be just nice to get that era back into the fold and then maybe we can see some movies and, and maybe a show that focus on the old republic because it's just a, a getting a little stale just having media completely centered around kind of the the skywalker saga so yeah so i mean in, in that sense it's 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 just interesting for for star wars fans as a whole but i i can't wait till this this comes out. I mean, it, it's a real test for Aspire, though. I mean, you know, we before the show, we were just kind of double checking exactly what they've um, 
worked on and you know I, I knew they'd worked on porting kind of some older star wars um games to to switch and ps4 and um a couple other things to work on but you know it's not an understatement say they're a renowned port studio because they they they've ported an incredible amount of games and they 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 roll out and you know a large amount of games each year but this is kind of their first i know it's a remake but it's still a big step up from a, a port. So uh, I think it's a big test for them, but obviously they're a, a talented studio. I'd be interested to see who, who's publishing this. I mean, Lucas tended to, to publish the older titles themselves. Um, obviously they, they can, but no, because this is a remake rather than a straight up port, does this mean it'll have a dedicated publisher? And if so, will it be EA? Because obviously they they mm. Bioware were the original developers, or will it be um, Saber Interactive, obviously, which are uh, Aspire's parent publisher? You know, it'd be interesting to see kind of who exactly is is publishing this title once it's it's officially revealed. Embrace at THQ Nordic, EA, for Xbox and Sony on there for some reason. <laughs> uh... I mean, yeah, it does just have all the names on there. Yeah, I mean, it's what, it's what MLB the show's doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting, because I think, as we... It must be a few shows ago now, we did, we did uh, do a whole show on LucasArts coming back, didn't we? So I mean, it will be interesting. I mean, they should probably get back into publishing games. Like, Disney... Has a lot of money. Use your money. <laughs> There's a lot of money to be made in gaming. So, I mean, I mean, it's happy for me because I get machine games making an Indiana Jones game. We have. What else do we have? You have the Ubisoft Open World one, don't we? Um, I think we have a different Kotor that I mentioned earlier being made by someone. So, I mean, th- 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 that's just Star Wars as well, and Indiana Jones. But, I mean, Disney has unlimited amounts again but i suppose it will see probably see the success of it but yeah if they go back to publishing their own games i mean there's a lot to publish but anyhow let us move on i suppose yes so our second story discord ends deal talks with microsoft and this comes from the wall street journal from sarah e needleman and cara lombardo and they write Chat startup Discord Inc. has halted talks to sell itself to potential suitors, including Microsoft Corp., according to people familiar with the matter, as it resumes interest in a potential initial public offering down the line. Microsoft had been in advanced talks to acquire Discord for at least $10 billion, the Wall Street Journal reported last month. Those talks have ended without a deal, though it is possible they could be rekindled in the future, some of the people said. Microsoft, whose market value on Tuesday stood at nearly $2 trillion, has been on the hunt for acquisitions that would help it reach more consumers. Last summer, it explored a bid to purchase parts of the video-sharing app TikTok and made a high-profile geopolitical standoff prompted by the Trump administration. Discord fielded interest from at least three companies about a deal, Some of the people said, 
They also said Discord is performing well and prefers to stay independent at this time. And of course, you can read the full story over on the Wall Street Journal. So this was news that we we missed um, while we weren't recording and that it was rumored that Microsoft were a potential suitor for Discord. Um, but obviously, Discord were alternatively also exploring um, the possibility of floating the company publicly. Uh what do you think of the result here, guys? Is it, is it better for the gamer in general that Discord stays independent? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, we're on Skype right now. That's obviously Microsoft owned, but I can't, I can't remember independent Skype. But I'm sure people have said Microsoft made it worse, unless I'm making shit up here. LinkedIn seems to be doing fine. Um... I'm sure they bought something else the other week I never heard of <laughs> um, for a lot of money. It was like a speak AI or something like that. Um, but I'm not sure. I mean, didn't aren't Dis- didn't Discord want to change their outlook to a more general audience than gamers? I mean, that's, prob- that's probably what Microsoft would be best at doing. But if they're going to go public, they can obviously do that rebrand and kind of I don't know what what they could do, make it an alternative to Skype or something like that. But it, it's just, I'm not sure what they could do with it. I mean, Discord's just it it's somewhat new, isn't it? In the grand scheme, I think P, PC game it's obviously been quite a quite a long standing thing. But people seem to be using it as forums and stuff now. I mean, even even the site we publish our this podcast through that if you if you don't listen to the football one, there is a the gaming section of our Discord. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure what Discord place is. I mean, is it a Skype alternative? Is it a forum alternative? It just seems to be like a nice mix of the both, doesn't it? It's like, it's a thing for creating communities, I suppose, isn't it? And that's kind of unique. Yeah, I mean, it, it does tick a lot of boxes already, but it, it, it seems almost like discord feel they they need to make a move because they've they've sort of hit a ceiling so there is talk of them diversifying into offering a, a business especially given in the the pandemic obviously re- remote working has become huge and things like microsoft teams and zoom have have grown uh, during the last year so they feel that there's an active market there to get into i think something else which people have suggested is that you know, Discord should should want to push for console integration. You know, into mm. both Xbox and PlayStation. I think there was a fear, maybe that uh, as much as 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 you said, Microsoft would uh, likely kind of take Discord and, and look to expand the business end. Although in in a way, they'd be competing with themselves because you know they've been pushing Microsoft Teams and they, and they still, as you said, own Skype in the background. But there there has been the suggestion they never really brought Skype forward since acquiring it um but that that would shut the they still would obviously look at the gaming end of things and, and look to probably get it on xbox and and if that was done then that would shut the door on playstation so i think people are a bit relieved and that's and mm. i'd love to see discord on on playstation especially when you look recently sony shut down the the ps4 communities um you know because that didn't really catch on so I think just bringing Discord, which you know works, just bringing that onto your platform is is a, a no brainer, and and they have had third party apps on their console in the past. They they still technically do when you think about it with things like Netflix. So 
it's not a it's not out of the question and I think that would be the smart move for for both Sony and Microsoft mm. and for Discord would be to to get Discord on the the PS5 and the the Xbox Series consoles. Yeah, I think with crossplay becoming bigger as well. I mean, I'm, sh- I'm not sure if, if if it's your type of game, but even when I was playing Warzone um before we got the next gen consoles, a few of my mates were on the on PS4 and uh, game chat nowadays is just shit. It just is. It's shit. It doesn't. It's not. I can't really compare it to the PS5 party chat system or whatever it is. But the the Xbox party chat, albeit some sometimes unstable, but the, the quality's sound. It's fine. But you go in game chat. Sometimes your mic won't connect. Um, sometimes you can't hear certain people. Random people are muted for no reason. So I think having something as accessible as as Discord. Also adds in the PC gamer route as well. I know you can you can get Xbox Live on your on your PC and join a party through that way, but I think Discord it just makes it easier, doesn't it? it, it exactly. I mean, like I, I play Final Fantasy fourteen, and and myself and a couple others in our um, free company, which is basically like a clan uh, in the game. Some of us are on PlayStation, others are on PC, and. In order to communicate with people, I have to have my laptop beside me open with Discord mm. open, and I'm in a chat on Discord. How much more convenient would be if I could just log directly into the yeah. Discord chat from my console? You know, it would have my connection as well if I, I didn't needlessly need to have another device and open and, and connect it to Wi-Fi. So, um, uh, for me, it's just a, a no-brainer, and I'm open now when the with the company looking to expand and go public that that is one of the moves they'll make. Yeah, it just makes too much sense, but unless they've burnt bridges with Microsoft now, but meh, it's, uh, it is a good idea. I think I I just I think I try to install it once and just thought. It must be on there. It just makes too much sense for it not for it not to be on there, but alas, it wasn't. But um, yeah, I think the more cross-play grows and you, games like Fortnite, COD, etc. just keep becoming the behemoth of the army, we're going to probably add a, a Battlefield BR and a Halo BR just this year. So cross, well, less so with Halo because it's Xbox, obviously. But the Battle Royale and thus cross-play will will not be dying off anytime soon. So, yeah, Discord, Discord on consoles just makes too much sense, really. Agreed. Let us move on, and I'm going to call this sad news because I was not expecting it to be the final season, but uh, you know I'll, I'll read this one. This is only short. I'll, I'll do the... I'll do the one. <laughs> I'll do the small one. You can do the big arena. Castlevania's no final season hits Netflix in May. This is from Polygon, and I picked a bad one because that is a hell of a name. <laughs> Petrana Radulovic. Let's go with that. Netflix's Castlevania animated series will conclude with its upcoming fourth season, which will hit the streaming service on May 13th, according to Deadline. While this will be the last season of the show, Netflix is eyeing a new series set in the same universe but following a different set of characters. Based on the Konami game series of the same name, Castlevania premiered in 2017 with a short four-episode season. The first two seasons adapted the 1989 prequel game Castlevania III Dracula's Curse. The third season, meanwhile, drew inspiration from two different Castlevania games, Castlevania Symphony of the Night and Castlevania Curse of Darkness. 
Now, Carl, I believe you were the one who put me onto this show a while ago. Um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I mean, this this for me is the best video game and inspired media. I mean, and there, I'm not saying I know there are a lot of bad video game movies and such, but there's been some good stuff, and and um, you know, obviously we've had things like Detective Pikachu and stuff, which are great. But for me, this show is the best thing we've we've ever seen. It's just it's unreal. I, I you know, I've, I've been so excited for a fourth season, and then I was really I was excited and bummed at the same time, as as you said, to to learn that this is going to be the final season, um, coming out on May thirteenth. Obviously, there there was a little bit of uh, thing with the the um writer being kind of um part of the whole me too movement been mm-hmm. hit by accusations and we knew he'd walked away but at the time we, we said that he you know he would be gone but that the, the season the series could still live beyond the fourth season but obviously they've now taken the decision to to cut it off not necessarily down to to his departure but um it, it's it's bittersweet news but it, it's cool the the idea that um you know, there there could be another series to to live in the same, um, the same universe because obviously yeah. we know Castlevania has been set with different characters, different time eras, uh, sometimes Belmonts, even sometimes not Belmonts. So, you know, there's there's a lot they could do with this, and I just think you know it's it's almost like a renaissance for video game content on particularly on netflix i mean i don't know if you've watched anything else but i i have myself watched the dragon's dogma um anime which was decent and i got i believe that's getting a second season and i've heard really good things about the dota anime that came mm. out recently and it's kind of odd that you could make a do uh, an anime about a moba i mean there's not like <laughs> solid uh material there but apparently they have done so so i mean it, it's it's really cool and, and there's a yeah. lot more to come we, we've talked about in the past and here that there's a, a devil may cry series coming and i think it's from the same showrunner as castlevania there's a there's a tomb raider series coming there's ah. a Hi- yeah, Ark, it's Hi- Hyperlight Drifter, so it- it- it's really exciting. There's, there's kinda... Overwatch as well, isn't there, I think? I think they're making one, which will be good. Yeah, I mean, they're just, it's, I think maybe they finally found the, the solution to, to video game movies being stop, bad by just stop making shit on films series. Stop making shit films just make animes. Uh, it works for them. But I mean, I I agree with you. I mean, I've I've not watched the uh, Dragon's Dogma one or the uh, Dota one just yet. But if if there are any like even if they're half as good as the Castlevania ones, it'll be worth a watch. Because yeah, I mean, Castlevania, I have no relationship with the game at all. But even just as a TV show, if you're a fan of anime or cartoons or just good t just good TV. If you can get over the, because I know some people don't like watching um, animation when they're when they've grown up and, and such, but if you can get over that fact, it's just an excellent TV show. It, it really is. Um, and I, oh, Christ, I might start a rewatch. You know, what we it's only a few weeks away, isn't it? So exactly what I'm mm. planning. I mean, it's it's unfortunate that it happens to fall right after uh, May the fourth because my 
girlfriend has already suggested us watching all the Star Wars movies in the space <laughs> of a few days. So, um, but I, I might uh, tempted to just rewatch Castlevania after that and, and get her in on it as well because she hasn't watched it. I mean, she's she doesn't know much at all about video games. So it'd be a new experience for her. But uh, it's just that good a show, and there's not a crazy amount of episodes, so you you could well watch it in a, a couple of days. Bit of bit of a binge. So I'd, again, I've, I've this is probably my third time recommending it on this this <laughs> podcast. But if you have not watched Castlevania, get in on it because it's 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 excellent and it is for me the best adaptation of a video game. Yeah, I just I hope that the the new show it might, it might not be the exact same people making it as you mentioned with the with the pro with the problem with the uh, the creator. But yeah, if it if it if it keeps up the um, the brilliant level of show that it is I, I don't think it'll matter too much if they if it's just quite high quality show it, it'll it'll just be watched and i i will keep it i will keep my eye on it because like again i didn't i didn't hear of a castlevania show till you mentioned it to me it must have been 2019 so that was two years after it came out so yeah it's uh it, it's an easy show to watch. Do watch it. I agree with Carl wholeheartedly. It's a, it's a fantastic show, and I'm I've decided to go and rewatch it because the only thing I'm watching at the minute is Disney stuff, and you know Winter Soldier's not, eh, it's not the greatest, but it's all right. But I need something to watch in between. But anywho, let's move on. But yeah, do watch Castlevania. Um, I will read out this one as well because that one was short, and you can talk about this one because your console car. So. PS5, the fastest selling console in US history, even though there's none available. Source from Eurogamer from Wesley Yin Pool. The PlayStation 5 is the fastest selling console in US history, according to market research group NPD. Sony's console is the fastest selling ever in the US in both unit and dollar sales. That's lifetime sales with five months on the market. The PS5 sold 4.5 million units in 2020. In February, Sony said it was on track to sell over 7.6 million PS5 units by 31st of March 2021. It's a remarkable success for supply-constrained PS5, which Sony launched amid the pandemic. Demand for the PS5 has heavily outstripped supply and it remains out of stock at a reft of retailers who face trouble with scalpers and bots. The Nintendo Switch continues to sell remarkably well too. NPD suggested that the Nintendo Switch was the best-selling hardware platform in both units and dollars during the month of March. In the first quarter of the year, Nintendo Switch was the unit sales leader with PS5 ranked first in hardware dollar sales in the US. So there's kind of two stories there, Carl, but I mean, we'll do the PS5 first, and it doesn't really come as a surprise, but other than maybe that there may have not been enough units to sell to break this record, but the seemingly was. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose at this point, Sony are probably just kicking themselves, and I know they, they can't really blame themselves, I mean, it's down to the pandemic, they didn't cause the pandemic, or did they? <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> You know, they they just wish they'd had more to sell because if they had more to sell, I mean, if they've sold 4.5 million in, in 2020, uh, you know, they're hoping to have 7.6 million sold by the end of this month. 
or the the end of sorry the last month. So obviously we'll we'll find out if they hit that um, soon enough. I'd imagine, you know, could they have been looking at ten, twelve, fifteen million if if there wasn't these these uh, supply constraints? Um, but I'm I'm sure eventually um, supply will catch up with demand, and then and then we will see some some crazy numbers. Um, but you know, it, it's been a great launch for for Sony, but I mean that's that's not to, to discount Microsoft. I mean, I, I read, I, I didn't have it as a story here, but while um, reading up on these stories today, I, I did also see that apparently uh, the Xbox Series S was the best sell- selling console in India so far in 2021, mm. and obviously India is a very big countries so that's that's no mean feat either and when we know obviously that that the xbox series consoles particularly the x um you know are, are constantly sold out as well so you know microsoft are, are probably quite happy with themselves as well at the moment but um it, it's funny to think that at one people point people questioned if if um new consoles were worth while endeavor when you see that the kind of numbers that these consoles are, are putting up at the moment yeah, I mean, it didn't really help with the Suez Canal crack the other week as well. Um, so yeah, it's been a it's been a tough one. But yeah, as you say, as we say, hopefully the um, the components become more freely available. I mean, this is to both play, PlayStation and Xbox, isn't it? Because they both have uh, limited stuff to put in. I, I'm struggling here they have, they have a limited amount of uh certain components don't i'm not exactly sure which one it is but uh yeah i mean it is it it is quite interesting that the nintendo switch is still doing so well i mean i don't think it's a surprise but considering the new consoles came out in november the nintendo switch doing well do you think that's just down to the fact that it's still available that it's actually available and i presume going down in price somewhat. I mean, it's it's cheaper than the new Xbox and PlayStation regardless, but I mean, are you surprised it's still doing well? Because there's been rumoured of a Nintendo Pro updated fucking version of the console, isn't there, for, for a while now? Yeah, I mean, I, I can see the, um, why, you know, kind of the, the rumours about the Pro and, and we kind of, given the people who had reported this, it, it seemed certainly more than a rumor um might affect some people who hadn't yet purchased the switch you know they they might look to hold off but i i think that's more the the very hardcore gamers that that would be interested in kind of the 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 4k obviously when when it's docked and that kind of thing whereas i think you know the the switch appeals to to a a much wider audience you know a lot of casual players and i think you know, particularly the um, the Switch Lite, it's quite popular with them. You know, they like to just get the casual players are happy to pick up a Switch Lite and pick up a copy of Animal Crossing and and play that. So, um, I, I'm not surprised that it hasn't slowed things down much. But I mean, it's crazy to think like pe- people. I I think there's around 80 million Switches, uh, give or take, sold at this point. This Switch is, is comfortably, at this point, I'd say, going to outsell the Wii. And I, I would have never thought it was possible for Nintendo to hit those numbers again. Mm. 
know it suggests it's cheating somewhat in that it's a it's a console hybrid so it's also handheld and we know their handhelds often put up large numbers um and that is certainly something to to consider and while i i don't think the switch will will threaten that the ps2 as the best-selling console of all time i mean I, I could easily see a situation where there's a at the end of the day there's 120 maybe even 125 million switches sold and that's crazy like it's it's crazy when you consider that people at one point were suggesting that nintendo should just give up and just publish games for xbox and playstation and now the the switch is probably going to outsell the the last two consoles from both those companies and quite possibly outsell their current consoles as well although you know as we see that ps5 is is selling quite quickly and, and will likely in the long term hit quite high numbers itself but it's just insane how how well the switch has done yeah, I mean, considering the the time between the Nintendo Wii and the what was the tablet thing? Wii U was that the tablet thing? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. And considering the the struggles, because I, I mean, I was that unasked about the Nintendo Wii U. I barely knew it was a console. <laughs> I thought it was just another version of the Wii, but it was this whole different thingy. But yeah, it's uh, it is it is mad how Nintendo's gone from gone from the struggles of the Wii U in took part of that and then put it into uh, the Switch and and the only reason the Switch I, like I, I, I don't agree that, that hand, being handheld as well is cheating making free iterations is cheating and I, I know Xbox has done it but they they need to cheat so you got the Nintendo Switch now you got the Lite and then you're going to make the Pro that's cheating I'll give you two but free's cheating um <laughs> But yeah, I mean the Switch is it, it's like I have one and I played it. I've not played it enough to warrant owning one. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's just a piece of kit that I think most people have, regardless if they're a game or all just a, even like parents and stuff like that. It's just it's just an easy console to to sell really. I mean, the the pandemic probably helped with the boom as well because something to do and then Animal Crossing and all that jazz came out, wasn't it? So yeah, it's uh, it it was hit a perfect hit another perfect storm for what's been a success success story of a console. But we'll move on. Um, this is the last news story, and this kind of leads us onto our topic. So I'll I'll discuss the topic, and then we'll get into the news story. We're gonna discuss the state of Sony at the minute because there's been it's been a weird time for Sony. I mean, you're you're obviously the PlayStation fan, Carl, but I mean, yeah. All the news around Sony, kind of, I wouldn't say it's all negative, but it's kind of a bit of confusion because obviously, I think it, one of the boiling points was when MLB The Show was on Xbox, it was announced for Xbox, which is obviously a Sony produced game, and that seems to be the MLB that was pushing for that, but nevertheless, it was a Sony exclusive going on to Xbox. But then it seems to be questioning the strategy of Sony because Xbox has. Game Pass, they keep offering stuff. We've obviously just bought Bethesda, the links to other stuff that Xbox, uh, Microsoft's going to buy. And then the Sony, it's kind of just dead since that last, uh, what they called, State of Plays, which was pretty shit. So it's kind of just a bit up in the air with Sony at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, 
as you said, we, we've mentioned Bethesda. We, we've talked about a lot of positive stories related to, to Microsoft in, in recent times on this, this podcast. And whereas with, with Sony have seemed a little more static, you know, that's not to say they, they, they haven't done anything, you know, obviously we, we, we praise Sony and the, the way in which they kind of launched the, the PS5, you know, their, their kind of preview events, you know, we, you know, there, there was, it's not that long since they acquired an insomniac and obviously they, they rolled out a some some pretty decent exclusive, let's say, in 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 the last twelve months. But there there is some some fear, and although as we just talked about, Sony are they've just had the the fastest selling console in U.S. history in in the form of the PS5. But there is some fear or, or questions among fans that that maybe Sony are resting on their laurels a, a little bit too much when compared to Microsoft and, and people are maybe drawing some parallels between, you know, the, maybe the PlayStation three era and, and now, and, and obviously when they did it in the past, that allowed Microsoft to gain a lot of ground on them. And p- people are maybe just that little bit of afraid that, that history could repeat itself in that sense. So I thought it'd be a good idea for us to kind of look at the, the different concerns people have and, and what Sony are up to and just put a little bit of a focus on them because I'm I'm sure inevitably before long we'll have more Microsoft news from Bethesda and stuff and there'll be a bit more of a spotlight on, on Microsoft. But of course Microsoft are going to inevitably come into this conversation because we, we are going to be comparing and contrasting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the same time, we still have no Microsoft exclusive, but I mean, we'll, we may talk about it at the end, but E3 is back technically, so we'll get to preview that in, the, in probably a month or so. Um, but yeah, it looks like we won't be getting much news till uh, the summer. Um, but do you want to do this last news story? Because it, it, it leads us on to the uh, Sony crack with, uh, and I'm, this probably means more to you than me. <laughs> Yes, so PlayStation U-turns on PS3 and Vita store shutdowns. And once more, this comes from Eurogamer and Tom Phillips writes, PlayStation has dramatically U-turned on its decision to shut down the PlayStation 3 and Vita digital stores following fan criticism. In the statement issued this evening, PlayStation boss Jim Ryan admitted, quote, it's clear that we made the wrong decision here, end quote. John Henry should take note about apologies from CEOs there. <laughs> uh, the PSP store will still close on the 2nd of July this year as planned. PlayStation's decision to drop support for digital PS3 and Vita game purchases was met with significant criticism from fans concerned over the impact it would have on game preservation. And it's a debate which will likely still continue for PSP. And for Vita, the decision impacted developers still creating games for Sony's aging handheld, either because they were due out only weeks before the device's previously planned store shutdown, or because they looked to have run out of time to be finished at all. And you can read the full story, which also includes the the full statement from Jim Ryan over on Eurogamer, so I'd encourage you to do so if you haven't already. So this was another bit of news that we kind of left uh, missed when we, we weren't recording guy and that, that that Sony had announced this there was initial rumors and then they officially announced it and there was a lot of disappointment uh, among fans 
you know, the the PSP not as big a deal since they they wound back the PSP store a long time ago. There's just like a skeleton of it left. It's just more so the PSP games that will play on PS Vita that remained. Um, but the PS3 and and particularly the Vita seem seem to affect people because you know the the Vita seems to be that that just hanging in on life support doesn't want to die. Fans don't want it to die. There's still people making games for it so i think that hit people hard and i I think it's good that you know we're going to go on to talk about kind of as we said concerns that people have about sony but it's good that this was one concern that they listened to the fans on and they they didn't take too long to act and and they've addressed it and and we're gonna at least for now ps3 and the the vita stores are going to remain open yeah i mean as someone who's clearly an outsider of this i mean i would probably air on PlayStation or Sony's side because, I mean, without knowing the fan bases or whatever the hell PS3 games there are that wouldn't just update to the store anyway, but Vita, Vita being still a in-demand console, I probably would have thought that died a death ages ago, but yeah, I mean, maybe they just kind of underestimated it because, as again, again as someone who doesn't really understand who wouldn't know anything about the uh, the demand for both these things. I mean, I'd, I'd probably go with Sony and say, yeah, just shut it down. What's the point? But, I mean, you can make mistakes. You can not understand the demand because maybe it doesn't, maybe the demand isn't there till it's gone, if you get what I mean. Like, the outcry, I saw a little bit of it on Twitter that it, it's nothing like we've seen in the football world where everyone had the uh, pitchforks out and stuff like that. But even if it's not the biggest complaint, it, it it's nice that Sony turned it around. I'm, I'm not sure it, it It won't take up many resources to put the PS3 and Vita store on, I'm sure. So why not do a U-turn, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, uh, as you said, I, I doubt there's a, a massive strain on, on servers or anything like that. I think um, I, I saw the argument that it was more so maybe about accounting, because obviously if they're selling games um, for developers that maybe they're not working with anymore and publishers, they need to keep those accounts open and there might only be five sales a year or whatever. And that's just a you know kind of a drain on, on their accounting mm. services but uh, as we said it's good that they found a way to make it work and and for now they're, they're going to remain because I, I think it's just a larger and i think it's gonna it's gonna lead well into the the first kind of thing we'll we'll take on in, in regards to sony's current position which which obviously is is preservation and, and backwards compatibility and just just access to kind of legacy titles in that if this had gone ahead you know it was pretty much shutting down access to vita and psp games unless you've either already bought them or you can get your hand on a physical copy and for ps3 titles again unless physical you have either of those things or the select titles that are on PS now, you know, you're 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 out of luck. So although in an ideal world, you know, they'd be adding all these games or, or most of them to the PS5 store, you know, at least there's a way to, to access them if you still have these consoles. And I just so happen to own all three of the consoles. So it it is nice that there's just at least in this sense, you know, that that's um that that's only are listening and and it could maybe bode well for kind of 
granting further access to, to older titles. And, you know, the, I think that's a, a good good launch pad for, for that topic. Um, I think I'll best start with a, a quote from Jim Ryan in, in 2017, which is a much quoted quote when it comes to the topic of, of Sony's attitude to, to backwards compatibility and preservation, in that Jim said, quote, that, and I was at a Gran Turismo event recently where they had PS1, PS2, PS3, and PS4 games. And the PS1 and the PS2 games, they looked ancient. Like, why would anybody play this? End quote. But clearly people want to play older games. And Sony would do well to acknowledge that. I mean, what do you think on on just the, the idea of playing older older games, guys? Is it something that interests you? or? Um, I mean, I, obviously, as the Xbox guy, I mean, I do have quite a catalogue of, of backwards compatibility it's not something i use day to day but i mean when when it first came out i mean i think i get did i give morrowind a go might be something that'd be useful for me to load up my xbox and see which games i have but i, I think it, it's stuff like I, I went back on like stuff like mass effect um uh, try, try to give that a go um i think i played force unleashed for a bit as well but i think Obviously, that quote's a few years old now, but I mean, using racing games is probably the worst example of a game you can use because why would you go back to play a Gran Turismo from PS One when it's pretty much the same game? But I mean, let let's use the Elder Scrolls series, and I'm not—I don't think Morrowind and Oblivion didn't run too well on PlayStation, but it was available on it. But I don't think Morrowind was actually available for PlayStation. But I'll use it as a bad example. But if Somehow you could get Morrowind on, on backwards compatible for, for PlayStation. People would play that game. Same with Oblivion. Because it would run better. Unless you can play it on PC, on PC, obviously. But there is a market for backwards compatibility. Microsoft and Xbox wouldn't do it if there wasn't a market for it. Now, it should never be the main selling point of a console like it was for Xbox for a few for a couple of years. It was like the main centre stage of an E3 for two two e3s in a row i think so i I agree it should never take center stage but if it's doable and maybe it was a bit of show just a bit of haha one nil xbox over sony with backwards compatibility but if it's something that's doable that isn't a stupid amount of money that's probably not worth the effort i don't see what's the problem because people will want to play games like obviously they'll want to sell remakes of the last of us eventually like god of war and spider-man stuff like that but why can't people go back and play third party old games i mean i'm trying to think of well say what's a ps3 era playstation exclusive the old god of wars that's probably the example i could think of um Killzone. Kill Killzone, yeah. If you yeah. want to play Killzone with slightly better performances by naturally playing it on a more powerful console, why not? There will there will be there will be people who will just fancy, ooh, that'll run better, I'll play that. It 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 does it does have a place. I think just using Grad Turismo is probably a bad example. But yeah, it's uh it's a strange one because it's something I think it's something you'd kind of just expect because when I when I was growing up, when I had PS One, PS Two, it was always cool just slipping in a PS One disc in your PS Two, 
I'm sure you, I'm sure you had the same. I, I did the same with uh, Xbox to Xbox 360, and even now I think we're. I think um, I can't remember if I did it, but you could slip in 360 games into your Xbox One. Where eventually, when backwards compatibility came out, so cool stuff, stuff like that's cool. And it used to be, I don't know, maybe almost taken for granted back in the PS One, PS Two days. But yeah, I think it, de- it definitely has a place, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, when you look at Xbox, you know, the the fact that you can, as you said, slip an Xbox or an Xbox Three Sixty disc into your current you know xbox console and and play those games now obviously there's nowhere near 100 percent compatibility particularly when it comes to the original xbox games but there's a decent selection and and on top of that i can still go on my xbox console go on the store and there's still some 360 games available for me to buy and i can play them on my current console and you know, there's often sales on them and you can get them for next to nothing. Yeah. Now, again, they've dialed back a lot of the 360 games just a bit removed from the store. You know, it's it's nowhere near the, the kind of full catalog, which is unfortunate. And there's been a few times I've gone looking for, you know, to buy a 360 game on the store and it's no longer available. That's unfortunate, but at least there's something there. You know, but, but with Sony there's no real options at all i mean if we look at sony's approaches to to backwards compatibility you know they're they're as you said the ps2 completely backwards compatibility with 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 ps1 games the ps3 the early models were completely backwards compatible with both ps1 and ps2 games and i think the later I could be wrong, but I think later PS3 models can play PS1 game discs, but they can't play PS2 game discs. Could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure. But since then, it's been completely dialed back. You know, you had the digital option where some PS1 games were made available to buy on PSP, PS Vita, and PS3 were cross-buy. Later, some PS2 games came to PS3, and similarly then for PS4 they went a step further and brought some PS2 games with slight improvements and trophy support, which was pretty cool. But that kind of, that initiative kind of died off. You know, I can't remember the last time a PS2 classic was released on the PS4. It's, It's been a few years now and there's been nothing since. And, that's just been it. Since then, it's like they they just want to look to the future. They don't want to talk about the past. Obviously, you can play p- most PS4 games in your PS5, but that, you know, we're, I'm not even really counting that. Uh, technically, it is backwards compatibility, but it, it still seems like it's 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 focused on the present. And and the move to, to shut down those stores would have, would have even further, as we said, shut down the, the access to the past. And, and that's concerning. Now, I mean, there was a patent filed late last year, um, which related to rewarding trophies in emulated games, um, which isn't new because that's exactly what I just described with the PS2 classics on PS4. And I do wonder if maybe this is something similar, if we might see kind of a run of PS3, PS2 and PS1 or, or maybe just one of of the three um kind of come to the playstation 5 store with trophy support 
And I mean, at that this stage, even that would be welcome because at, at this stage, I've given up with Sony announcing kind of in a similar Microsoft move that, oh, you know, you can stick your PS3 Blu-ray in your PS5 and through firmware, you'll be able to play that PS3 game. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But even if they bring some of the bigger games to the store, I'd be happy enough. Yeah, I think stuff like that, if it's just digitally done or what, adding a bigger catalogue to PS Now, um, it just makes sense. I mean, again, I, I can't really think think of good examples of game, but I mean, even let's you let's you we did the wrestling pod the other few months ago, didn't we? Imagine if you put in stuff like Here Comes the Pain, Know Your Role, and stuff like that. That's just e. That's just easy money. It may be tough with the licenses with WWE, with being WWF and all that jazz. But I'm using that as an example. D- stuff like that would sell instantly if that was available on PlayStation. It just would. So yeah, it just it just. I think it's just easy money, especially if you find right stuff. I think that's probably a good. That's probably a good example. Because I mean, I'd love to go back and play. Here comes the pain. I really would. Yeah, me too. I mean that that that, but I just that that could potentially be a a difficult one. But there there are some big big PS2 PS3 titles that I think would would find buyers. And um, I, I just I, I'd be interesting to interested to know kind of how the the PS2 classics on PS4 sold, for example. Um, you know to see is it is it worth their while but I, I think with those games like a lot of them tended to be kind of more niche titles to begin with like rpgs and stuff which of course i picked up as a fan of those kind of games but they're not going to appeal to everyone um so you, you're going to expect somewhat reduced sales when it, it comes to titles like that um but i think they need to do something uh with, with this because i think it they have come under a lot of criticism in in regards to to their lack of interest in in kind of you know kind of uh, promoting the history of PlayStation you know kind of showing that there's a legacy there because they have a legacy that you know maybe Microsoft I don't make Microsoft have somewhat of a legacy at this point I mean they're on to their fourth console generation um but but Sony have a longer standing legacy than than microsoft does and yeah absolutely i think they should celebrate that in in some way and i mean you mentioned ps now and, and that is a somewhat of an option in that you can play ps3 games on it but you have to stream those ps3 games you can't download ps3 games from ps now and, and that that's a problem for people because there's going to be some latency issues some people simply don't have the internet connections to, to support streaming video games. So I I, I think that's just a, a, a kind of half-arsed option in, in that sense. So I, I feel they they need to do more um, when, it, when it comes to, to kind of supporting their legacy games and, and that backwards compatibility. But speaking of PS Now and, and doing more, I, th- I think that's a, a good segue into kind of the, the the second topic we wanted to focus on, which is obviously an an answer to, to Game Pass, um, which, you know, I don't think I, I mean, obviously you're the, the, the Xbox man here more so that, uh, you know, obviously I'm, I'm also a Game Pass subscriber. Um, you know, I, I don't think either of us for a moment seems 
like expects Sony to match Microsoft pound for pound on, on Game Pass. I, I don't think they possibly can because they're a different company. But I, I think they they need a a good answer. And I mean, you could say that maybe they've made some attempts, obviously with with PS Now with the PS Plus collection, which obviously gave you, you know, if you're a PS Plus subscriber, it allows you to download, I think it's 20 notable PS4 titles to your PS5. And then you have the monthly PS Plus games, which, frankly, for the most part, blow Microsoft games with gold out of the water to the point Mm. where a lot of people are arguing that games with gold are pointless at this point (laughs) so (laughs) i i I do think sony are making offerings but i i think it's a little more spread shot and and they're still too small to be you know kind of given credit as a as a, a decent attempt at at countering countering game pass i mean what what's your thoughts yeah, I think I think I think ultimately it's almost impossible for Sony to match and I'll say Microsoft very deliberately, Microsoft Game Pass instead of Xbox Game Pass, because Microsoft has well, we mentioned it with the Discord news story, don't they have unlimited amounts of money. So they can take the hit in terms of putting games in Game Pass. They can they can pay the uh, other publishers to put games on Game Pass. I mean there's I mean, we mentioned Outriders right at the start. There's rumours Battlefield's going straight in there. You you have to pay Square. You'll have to pay Square Enix, EA, whatever, a shit ton of money to get them games in there on day one. And, and Microsoft will take that hit, whereas I don't think Sony can really. Obviously, they want um, exclusivity with with Final Fantasy. Um, deals with um, the Marvel Avengers game, which was obviously a bit shit, but it was still a big deal at the time. So that had um, Deathloop, etc. Um, but I do think they need to do something, just because every like even if you just look on Twitter, if you look under anything like video game related, especially if Game Pass is brought up, it's like this is the best value thing in gaming, which it is, and and. <sighs> Someone who's even just like I know, uh, I know stuff about PlayStation, obviously. But when you say, "Is there an alternative?" I mean, you mentioned the PS Plus collection and stuff like that, and uh, they had that state of play last summer where the where that was announced, and it was like they were having the God of War was the big poster child of it. But I don't see why after after a certain shelf cycle, if I can say, if I can speak properly, why. PlayStation first-party exclusives can't go into some sort of collection sooner. Like, I'm not saying put Ghost of Tsushima in already. What's Last of Us? Last of Us nearly coming... Last of Us 2, I should say, is nearly coming up to a year, isn't it? So, is a year a long enough shelf life? Then put some. Then put it in some sort of collection? I'd probably say it is. After a year, could you not put all these games in some sort of... It, it doesn't have to be... a 11 quid a month like it is for Game Pass but I don't know, 4 quid a month, 5 quid a month 
Well, that's it. I mean, that, that's exactly my thinking. I mean, uh, on that matter, I think last September in an interview, Jim Ryan suggested that a subscription model isn't sustainable due to large development budgets. I think he said some of their uh, first party titles have uh, development budgets of over $100 million. And and I understand that completely as, as they can't take the hit that Microsoft can by putting Halo in Game Pass Day 1. But that's not to say that that um, Sony can't offer something. I mean, as you you said, if 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 Sony say had um, a, a Game Pass, or or even if they just package it in with PS Now, in that you know you get subscribed to PS Now, and and there are you can download a, a, a select amount of the PS4 titles in PS Now to your console you don't have to stream them but if they expanded on that and let's say they they put all their first party games from uh the ps4 and you know moving forward to the ps5 every game that's 12 months or older goes into that on top of that you know maybe some second party games that are, are um again older games to 12 months or older mm-hmm. not even ones you have to buy but but ones maybe that you already had kind of exclusivity deals on get them in there then maybe make some deals with some indie developers to get their games yeah. into ps now day one so there are some newer titles i think that's about probably the best like it's good at having exclusives going day one but i think that's probably what I've used Game Pass for. Mostly is the indie titles, like, um, you may not have heard of it, but the game called For the King. It's like almost like a board game type game, and I, I played that many hours with my mate, Humans Fall Flat, which is just fucking absolute chaos, if you've heard of that. There's, that's, that's probably my best-selling point of Game Pass. It's playing games you'd never pay for. That I don't think there's any reason why Sony couldn't have a collection like that, an, an indie collection, as you say. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm the same at Game Pass. I play a lot of uh, indie titles, and um, I haven't played For the King, but I did read earlier that apparently it's leaving Game Pass at the, the end of this month, so that's that's sad for you, guy. Um, but, I mean, that that's something they could do, and obviously, as we've been discussing, obviously, with that pre, on the previous topic, with that patent, there is the talk that maybe they could be bringing some of their older titles back with, with trophy support. And I, I'm sure they'll be, be in the store. You know, they could put them into this PS now as well. And, you know, if you bring that together, you know, the 12-month-old the first-party games, the 12-month-old, let's say, second-party game slash third-party exclusives, you know, some new indie titles and these classic kind of legacy titles, if they bring all that together and offer that in a, a streaming service, no, it isn't going to, you know, going to compete with Game Pass pound for pound, but it's going to do a hell of a lot of a better job of it than than PS Now possibly could or, or mm-hmm. anything they're they're currently doing. And as you said, credit to them, they are making some good deals as far as Game Pass goes, or sorry, um, the 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 monthly PS Plus games rather. In that, you know, we've had like Final Fantasy. Uh, uh, 7 Remake, albeit the PS4 version was free recently um, the PS4 and 5 console exclusive um, the new Abe's Odyssey game which Soulstorm yeah. is uh, 
free for PS5 this month. Um, you know, D- Destruction All Stars, which you know, as I said on this very <laughs> podcast, isn't a great game, but nonetheless, that was free. Free, so you know, they they're offering some PS5 titles, so you know, they they could do what Microsoft have done in that Microsoft watered down game to gold and focus on Game Pass. You know, Sony could water down the monthly PS Plus games and focus on kind of bringing those deals and the games they secure for that into their kind of answer to Game Pass. I mean, it's 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 going to be more of a Game Pass light, but it's still going to be a could be a valiant effort, and I, I think that's that's what they need to do. And you know, there are talk they are working on something. I think Jim Ryan said that they 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 are working on some sort of answer. You know, even while he was saying that a you know a, a full on subscription model isn't sustainable, and David Jaffe on his YouTube channel, you know, who's a, a former uh, Sony producer, uh, suggested that that Sony are working on a counterpunch. He's heard that from kind of former colleagues at Sony. He's not sure exactly what form that's going to take. Um, but they are working on something. So it's nice to know they, they are working on something. But I think, you know, again, as I said, fans aren't expecting the world. They're not expecting a pound-for-pound pound Game Pass. They know that's impossible for Sony. But something like what we've described, you know, if they can get the first-party titles in 12 months down the line, you know, that that's something. And, I mean, to, to sum up really how pathetic it is at the moment... PS Now, like as a streaming service, doesn't offer any PlayStation 5 titles. Now, I know that there's an argument to that, that obviously cause streaming isn't ideal. Those games aren't going to perform to the best level. And if you're streaming them, then it might kind of show up some PS5 games and, and not show them in the best light. And they might not want that, want that to happen for now. And I, I understand that. But what was really funny to me was the fact that 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 it was announced that Avengers was coming into PS Now, hmm. and for a moment people are kind of like, "Wow, a big game into PS Now!" It's pretty, you know, obviously it's a game that's not done so well, but nonetheless. And then suddenly people noticed, "Oh wait, it's just the PS4 version. You can't play the PS5 version hmm. in in PS Now." And I think that says a lot. No, that is a good point. Actually, I think. I think we've had a couple versions of that with Game Pass as well, but I think it's almost a bit different. So I think we've had it. Just this is just my experience. We had NBA Two K Twenty One, but I think the difference with that is that they sell a separate version rather than rather than a free upgrade. Because I think for NBA games, I think you have to spend like eighty quid on. I think they called it the the Kobe Bryant edition whereas i believe the marvel one's just a free upgrade isn't it pretty sure it is i think so yeah yeah so that doesn't really make much sense so yeah it's a it's a strange on that um i i don't know why they do that because as you as we keep saying the marvel avengers game's pretty pretty shit so i don't see why you wouldn't even try and paint in its best light because it's it's a strange one it's a strange one but yeah i think as as we keep saying i think i think that the most important thing is that small sony fans will understand that they can't do a game pass 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. But, I, again, I just don't see why there isn't a collection, a constant collection that has access to, let's use older, why can't you, why isn't there a collection where you can go play God of War? Why isn't there a collection where you can play Spider-Man? Why isn't there a collection where you can go, I admit, like the, the catalogue already might be bigger than I think, but there should be a constant collection where after, even say 18 months if you want to, after 18 months, play, the exclusive should go in, I think. I, that's probably the best way to do it, and considering the strength of, play, of PlayStation exclusives, once the shelf life is dead, proper dead, put it in there, and people will go back and play them games. I mean, I downloaded the fucking Master Chief collection on Game Pass and played fucking, um, Christ, what's it called? What the fuck is it called? The one that was before Reach. ODST? That's the one. That's the one. I played that, and it looked like an absolute potato. But I went on the fucker. <laughs> so I it just it just makes sense. I think if you have something that is just there, and as I, as I said earlier, it doesn't have it has to, it can be cheaper. It probably will be cheaper. It'll have to be cheaper than than Game Pass. But just have it having stuff in there, like you see games like um, Horizon Zero Dawn and Days Gone just going in the PC. As soon as there's a PC port, why it should be in a collection? Then you can put whatever, fucking PlayStation Game Pass on PC as well. It, it just churns out more money. But for the quality for the quality of first party exclusives, I mean, it should be easier to play older ones, if you get what I mean. But I mean, the best ones always seem to keep getting remade. So maybe it goes against their own business model because, I mean, uh, in the last bit, we were going to talk about... Uh, what the fuck's it called? The Last of Us getting remade again, aren't we? So, w- would they want that in a, in a Game Pass model if it's getting remade? So yeah, it's a it's a, it's a tough one, but I I I think stuff like God of War, even the old God of Wars, why aren't they in a collection somewhere? It's like it it I think it's for free money to be honest, and it should it should be taken advantage of. 
Yeah, I feel, you know, even for a moment shoving away like what we speculated upon there on like some, some indie deals and, um, you know, kind of the, the legacy games and stuff. If you simply took all the PS4 exclusives and put them on a list and obviously take off Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us 2 for mm-hmm. now because they're younger than 12 months. That that that's going to be a, a substantial list of of games. You know, you you have to to rattle off a few. You've Uncharted Four. You have Uncharted Lost Legacy. You have the Uncharted the Nathan Drake Collection. You have God of War Three Remastered. You have God of War. Uh, you, you know, you have Spider Man. You have um, kind of uh, your Persona Five. Your Persona Five um. Royal, no, that would be less than 12 months, I think, as well. So maybe we can scratch that off. But, uh, you know, you got a lot of exclusives there, and that, that's only scratching the surface of them. If you just put all of them into some kind of subscription software service and, and charged people kind of a, a 10 euro a month or, you know, eight pound or whatever the equivalent is, you know, I, I think people would be very happy and, and there'd be a lot of uptake there. And I think they have the benefit as well as inevitably Game Pass is going to come go up in price soon. And I don't think people complain about that too much because it is such good value. I mean, I think it's 13 euro for Game Pass Ultimate I pay at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I think it's 11 for me, yeah. I, I think that'll easily go up to 15, 15 euro best case more so I'd I'd be probably looking at more seventy and eighteen euro a month. I think so, what, I think once the once Bethesda gets the feet under the table and then all these new studios probably get the first game out. I understandably it as you say, fifteen quid, twenty quid. I'd be happy to pay it. I mean if we're getting if you're getting free well, free maybe a bit exaggerated, but if you're getting two top quality Exclusive a year, then add on B, let's say B tier for one of a better phrase, B tier exclusives. That that that's still a that's still a mint deal. Like even now, we probably let's Halo Infinite's probably the only bigger Xbox exclusive going in. But if you then get Battlefield, whatever the fuck it'll be called, Day One, we've already had Outriders Day One. There's two games you'd probably spend a hundred and twenty quid on. It's already saving money. Well, no, that's all. If you're spending twenty quid a month, that's already, that's already money there. So yeah, exactly. Like I don't think, as I said, I won't complain. I don't think many other people would 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 complain about a hike. But that's a good thing for Sony because if if Game Pass goes up even further, that makes it comfortable for them to be able to to, to kind of launch their mm-hmm. alternative at a cheaper price point. And then people won't be kind of judging it because they won't be comparing them mm-hmm. because they're diff they're at different prices. So I think you know there's a lot of room for for Sony to kind of put something out there to to kind of be their their counterpunch, you know, without trying to go pound for pound with that counterpunch. So you know, I I think it's a no brainer move for for Sony just to put more of their their catalog out there in in some sort of subscription service. You know, we we no one expects them to give away God of War Ragnarok Day One for mm-hmm. for free in a subscription service. But there's no reason why 12 months down the line, when sales have massively died down, and and let, like 12 months down the line, Ragnarok it's going to launch at 70 euro or 60 pound. Mm-hmm. But 12 months down the line, 
best case for them, it's probably going to be selling on Amazon for like 30, 35 pound. Um, you know, and people are going to be paying that price. And even though in the digital store, it will still be full back. People aren't going to pay full back. They're going to wait till there's a sale and yeah. it goes to half price. So you're not making as much money then. There's not as mm-hmm. many sales then. So I think there's no real reason not to put it into a, a subscription service at that point. Exactly. I mean, and speaking of um, God of War Ragnarok, I mean, we we might as well talk about the the future projects and kind of the uncertainty. I mean, you've got a list in front of us for him, but I mean, Returnal's coming out in a week and a bit. Um, Ratchet and Clank is coming out in a couple months, but beyond that, I mean, you've got this other here, Horizon Forbidden West, which is slated for this year. But we've seen nothing of God of War slated, technically slated for this year, but I think we doubted that as soon as we saw it, it was. And Gran Turismo next year. So, I mean, I think Horizon, the Horizon sequel probably will be this year just because there's nothing announced for the for the winter. But for, for Horizon 2 and God of War in the couple months, I can't see that. I, I can't see that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd be surprised to see either of those games in in twenty twenty one. Um, I I think they'll they more likely slip to to twenty twenty two. Um, particularly because now due to delays, uh, Deathloop is coming out in September twenty twenty one, and that uh, is for now a timed exclusive. Um, I'll, it's just not a first party game. So I, I think they they're safe to say, oh, we have our game in the fall. Um, that's exclusive. You know, we we can we we can allow the, this to slip. Um, I mean, it, it's not a bad lineup. These these five games to, to oh, know that they're lineup, yeah. they, they're coming in the, in the next up. But it's just the the uncertainty more so lies in in what comes beyond that. Um, there there were recent reports again that we we kind of missed what we weren't recording uh, in regards to kind of what's happening in some of Sony's other studios. Um, firstly, Sony Bend, uh, they obviously their most recent game was Days Gone. Didn't have the best of launch, but it was fixed up. It, it sold quite well. Uh, I think it's Sony Bend's best selling game. That'd be um, a great Sony game, Pascal. That's probably the best example of a Sony Game Pass game. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a bad shout at all. But, I mean, Days Gone 2 was pitched apparently to Sony and they rejected it. And as a result, after they finished up Days Gone, Bend were placed on a new Uncharted project. You know, kind of Sony fans will know, obviously, that, that uh, Bend uh, developed Uncharted Golden Abyss on the PS Vita. I mean, they're they're a team that are obviously trusted by Naughty Dog and Sony. Um, but they they actually ended up requesting to remove this, uh, be removed from this project because they felt their identity was under threat. And there was apparently some suggestions from the studio that they were afraid that would ultimately be folded into Naughty Dog as like. Mm. Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog North or South, my, my American geography isn't very good, but uh, whatever the case might be in terms of um, their their uh, positioning in comparison to, to Naughty Dog's um, main studio. So they, they, they are now apparently working on a new IP, but it seems that like over a year of their time has been wasted now uh, as they, they were on this Uncharted 
project and, and they're no longer working on it. Now, I wouldn't say completely wasted because I, I gather there's a new team now working on this Uncharted project and they probably picked up some of what Ben did, if not all of it. So it's not quite time wasted, but it, it is in a sense for, for Sony Bend. And it is, it's a shame that, 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 that they've been treated this, this way by Sony um, for me, because, you know, again, Days Gone wasn't a terrible game. It, it, it was a good game once, decent game once it was fixed up and it sold quite well, um, all things considered. Um uh, as I said, that Uncharted title is now apparently in development with another team. I know at one point there was a stress that a, a team at uh, San Diego, uh, a small team that were being working out of the San Diego offices, were were creating um, the, the un, an Uncharted title. So maybe that's who it's moved to. Apparently, Naughty Dog are overseeing that. Um, and then lastly, as you mooted earlier, The Last of Us is being remade, which is absolutely bizarre. Uh, initially, it was being made by a small team within Sony who had actually pitched the idea initially, and Sony weren't keen, but eventually picked it up. But that team has since been disbanded, and the talent has been kind of sent to, to different teams. Um, but the product has been moved in-house at Naughty Dog. Now, Jason Schreier kind of suggested that the reason Naughty Dog have taken it on themselves is they're waiting for kind of other new projects to be greenlit. And in the meantime, they think that this is a good way to cut their teeth on developing for PS5. And and you'll probably remember that Naughty Dog had the exact same attitude with The Last of Us port to the PS4 um, that, 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 that they thought that that would be a good way to get get a good idea of, of how to work on the PS4 before they started on Uncharted 4. And, then, and that makes sense in a way, but I, I think a studio like Naughty Dog, given their talent, could easily get to grips on a, on a new console without having to work on a, a remake of a game that they've already worked on a port for. I mean, what, I, there's a lot of kind of information here guy but i mean what what's your thought over all here you know starting starting with sony band and going from there yeah it's a, it's a surprise obviously they'll probably get a new a new um project but considering how, do, do you know how many studios sony have on top of your head it don't make it loads is it um there is naughty dog insomniac band Sucker Punch, uh, San Diego, Santa Monica, um, Monica, um, uh, London. Is that new one they just made from that lass who is at Google, was she? Well, that doesn't belong to Sony. They just they just have a a deal with it. And then obviously there's Team Asobi um, over in Japan. Um, And... I could be wrong, but they're they're the only um the the eight teams I I can think of. Um oh oh sorry and Gorilla of course Gorilla mm-hmm. of course um so that I think that's nine studios that yeah, that they have. I know it it you got to compare it with Microsoft who have a billion, but it's not loads. And to be kind of I don't know for for under the bus the right term for for Sony Bend. Probably not. I'm trying to think of a different phrase, but it, it's. I don't know. 
from from what I used to think that Sony used to just give quite a lot of freedom to to, to developers, and I didn't think it'd be the case. So yeah, it like it days gone when that when I first saw that at E3, however many years ago, I thought that'd be an absolute banger of a game. It, it it's a shame that it had like a rocky um, launch, but it seems to as you alluded to earlier, it seems to have found it found itself later on. Um, so it probably did deserve a sequel. If you if you say it sold well, I don't I don't see why it didn't. If you maybe just give them more time to put extra polish on it, and then market it better because when Days Gone was coming out, we it just kind of popped up one week, didn't it? The the Sony the Sony marketing thing is usually flawless, and Days Gone kind of just got swept aside. I can't remember what other game was it. Was it Horizon that came out the same year as it? And it kind of just got all the uh, all the focus, and Days Gone just kind of oh, it's April. Here's a game. That that's pretty much how I remember Days Gone coming out. Maybe it's because they knew it wasn't going to be up to their certain certainly high standards, but. It's still strange that it wasn't as marketed as strongly as other Sony games. So yeah, I, I hope hopefully Sony Ben get get freedom to make another project. Yeah, like it seems they're working on something new. Um, but the problem there now is, as we said, is they they were working on the entire project for over years. So obviously that we're not going to see their new IP anytime soon. Um, and that's the that's that's the kind of the the, the thing with with Sony Studios, like across the nine studios. I mean, we we went through the games that are are coming soon. You know, Ratchet and Clank, a riff apart, is coming from Insomniac. They also recently launched um obviously miles morales so you're not going to see another game from them for some time there, there is obviously rumors in the background for a while that maybe they're working on a new resistance game or working mm. alongside another studio on a resistance game but i don't think you're going to see that in anytime soon and we know they're they're working on spider-man too but again i think that's a, a while's away you know obviously horizon forbidden west um, that's coming from Gorilla. There is like Gorilla is a big studio. There's talk they have two separate teams, and then the, one of them is working on a shooter, which could be a new Kill Zone or, or some, you know, possibly a Socom. And there's been all different kind of rumors. So we could maybe see another game from Gorilla before too long. Um, you know, obviously there's again, but but I wouldn't say it would be in in any way imminent. God of War Ragnarok. You know, we're not expecting to see that on until next year, and, and quite possibly the latter half of, of next year. Um, Santa Monica again. There's talk they have a second team working on a, a new IP, but I don't think that is in, in any way imminent. Um, I, I think it's a wilds away. Oh, just looking at our list here. How how did we? Uh, this Gran Turismo 7's here and, and we, we did not um Racing games doesn't count. Mention Yeah, well I, I mean it, it it does considering it's uh it, it's it's Gran Turismo and um my brain is completely freezing on the developer. Of course it's um Polyphony uh, Polyphony Digital. 
of course. Polyphony Digital. Can't even pronounce it. Polyphony <laughs> Digital. So that's, it's 10 studios they have. But obviously they're working on Gran Turismo 7. They only do Gran Turismo these days. So it'll be a while before we have another Gran Turismo. Um, if Bender are pushed out on their new title, we're going to be waiting a while on that. If you're looking at uh, Naughty Dog, obviously at the moment they're working on factions for The Last of Us. They're working on this this um, Last of Us remake and they're supervising the new Uncharted title. They, it doesn't seem they have any kind of new project imminent beyond these kind of smaller titles, quote unquote. You know, Gorilla, uh, sorry, we've, we've talked about Gorilla there. Um, Sucker Punch, rather. We know they're working on something, most likely a follow-up to Ghost of Tsushima, but it's going to be a long time before we see that. So, and the only thing, the only two teams remaining are Team Asobi and Sony London. Now, there was news this week that Sony London are hiring for a new project. And it's good because it's been a while between since Sony London have really been able to make anything. They've more so been kind of a VR um, developer, kind of working on smaller titles it, you know it, it'd be nice to see them do something in the the AAA console space and hopefully that's what they're doing but again if they're just hiring it, it's not going to be imminent and i'm sure team asobi are probably being expanded particularly from the remnants of um japan studio and that they'll be allowed make a, a possibly a larger title because they, they, they've so far done kind of a a VR title and and the the smaller launch title for the PS5, they they might now given their that they've cut their teeth and they're popular, be allowed to make a larger game, but that's not going to be out anytime soon. So I I just wonder when you get past Ragnarok, what comes next? Like I I I don't know what what studio is going to release a game to slot in there after Ragnarok I, I might have thought that it, it might have been Bend mm. but probably not now and that's the concern there what game comes come, comes next when, once Ragnarok's done you know I, I, I you know what does even if we say 2022 we're expecting Ragnarok delayed till then and possibly Forbidden Horizon Forbidden West and if you get Horizon Forbidden West God of War, Ragnarok, and Gran Turismo 7 in 2022. That's a pretty damn good 2022. But what comes in 2023? And at the moment, I don't know. You know, maybe Spider-Man 2 or, or or something else from Insomniac right towards the end. But I, I, I you know, maybe this, this Last of Us remake. But who really wants that anyway? Or this new Uncharted game. I, you know, a new Uncharted game is going to be big nonetheless. Yeah, but I think... I, I think they may fill it out with third party because there's... What did that project thingy game turn into? Uh, uh, Forspoken, I think. That was is, it. Is it. Yeah, yeah. That's is that 2022 that, as well. I is think. that 2022? So there's that. There's Final Fantasy 16. 16, which I don't think will be any anytime soon. I, I'd say you would be looking at 2023 at the earliest mm. for, for Final Fantasy 16. So that, that probably helps. Maybe that's to fill out the the gap. But I mean, the pro like there, there is surprises. I mean, um, Miles Morales kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it? So I think they do tend to just surprises. I mean, does Naughty Dog have a really long dev cycle? Does 
whatever the next not last of us or uncharted project is could naughty dog surprise us in, in in the next few years i mean what was the gap between uncharted 4 and last of us 2 i'm guessing they had two teams working on it it must because it wasn't too long what was it two three years well, I think Naughty Dog tend to have two teams working, and then mm. as a project gets close, they'll kind of come mm-hmm. back one of the teams and and kind of double up on mm-hmm. on the other team to to push forward on on uh, the the next thing. Um, that that's what they've done in the past, and obviously right now it seems they have kind of a probably a smaller team working on factions, and then another team working on this remake of the first Last of Us. Um, while they're waiting for for other things to get green lit, and I, I'm sure like a remake of The Last of Us, especially if that smaller team at Sony were working on it previously, it's not going to take them all that long to to churn that out, and then they can get going on something else. But it's just I obviously would I I I'd best guess say maybe 2024 for uh, Naughty Dog's next big game you know not not thinking factions and and the last of us um remake don't quite yeah deserve that 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 title um so you could be right it could be a case of filling it up with with uh, some third or some second party or, or third party titles there is all also the the option of of acquisitions um you know they the Obviously, well, Bluepoint's uh, been long mooted, hasn't it? Yeah, Bluepoint and Housemark, obviously, you know, return with Returnal coming out, and and Housemark because they tend they don't work on like full on AAA titles. They're more kind of maybe double A or, or more kind of indie, like big indie titles almost. You know, they could churn out games quicker, uh, given the kind of games they are. So, you know. If they acquire those studios, there there could be something there. There doesn't seem to be anyone else in the the frame. I know they came close to buying. Um, they, well, they were interested in buying. Um, kind of one of those those uh, like a little a little group of studios. Uh, one of which is the one that's working on the Golem. the Gollum game. Yeah, yeah. But then I think. Tencent, I believe, picked them up. So, of course, it was Tencent. It's not if it's not the Embracer Group, it's Tencent. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I, I there's a there's a couple of studios I'd like to see Sony pick up. I'd, I'd like them to kind of you know, especially with the closure of Sony Japan, I'd love them to pick up some small Japanese or smaller Japanese studios. I mean, the closure and, and, from software, aren't they? So they'll probably. Be- something with them again but wait from yeah. software making elden ring they are obviously yeah. the bandai namco are, are publishing that once again but you know that they're, they're i've seen that suggested people said they'd like to see sony buy from software or you couldn't completely rule it out yeah. i i'd agree with that you know they, they they they'd be an expensive studio but they would they wouldn't be they're not a big publisher or anything so that we wouldn't be talking kind of uh, seven billion bethesda levels here no, no. Um, It'd probably be worth it, though, because, I mean, what, Bloodborne, uh, Demon Souls, you could turn Demon Souls and Dark Souls into one universe, I suppose, couldn't you, under under one Sony umbrella, so it'd probably make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, certainly. Um, I I mean, the two studios I'd pick out that I'd like to see would be um, Media Vision, who are like an RPG studio who've made a lot of playstation exclusives over the years and uh, level five would be kind of a larger 
studio that that work on both RPGs and and portal games, and and they have a great relationship with Sony. They've made a lot of PlayStation exclusives, but they've also made a lot of Nintendo exclusives. Of course, they make the uh, Professor Layton games and and things like that. So maybe they they wouldn't um, be so keen to to shut off their relationship with Nintendo. I'm not sure, but they they be just my personal biased picks. Um, I've seen Capcom mooted. I think Capcom are one publisher that Sony probably could afford. Um, I don't think Capcom would cost anywhere near as much as the Bethesda. And I still think Bethesda were probably overpriced. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think Capcom would obviously be cheaper than, you know, Sony's not going to buy Bandai Namco, given like their, no. their toy as well they're massive and they're not going to buy square because i think there was actually rumors this week that square was up for sale but i saw uh, that square, yeah square completely dashed down calm down so phil spencer <laughs> it wasn't news um but i, I don't think they could afford those yeah that that's something i was i was going to get to in a, a moment but um I, I think capcom's affordable but again would would capcom want to want to you know, kind if of Capcom does Microsoft will be all over that, surely. Yeah, the you know there there would be competition there, given that they they might want to expand their their Japanese offering, mm-hmm. and and also you know I I think Capcom have a good relationship with, with Nintendo, and obviously mm-hmm. the monster, the the that's the monster a, that's a huge frontier, mm-hmm. white lar exactly on the. The, the Nintendo platform, so uh, I'm not sure that's a move Capcom would would want to do because Capcom are doing better than ever at the moment. You know, if you, you know, rewind ten years ago, Capcom weren't in a very good position, and and I'm sure the you big, know, the big lady from Resident Evil, they Evil they Eight is just free marketing. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, you know, while affordable, I'm, I'm not sure Capcom would be looking to sell anytime no. soon, but. Konami is something that people have made. Not that Sony would buy Konami because Konami are a company that have are involved in a lot of non-gaming areas. But that Sony would buy Konami's catalog. That that they buy Silent um, Hill, Silent Hill Metal, Metal Gear Solid, uh, Castlevania. <laughs> yeah, I suppose technically and and um, Contra and um, for us. Um, Japanese RPG nerds, uh, Suikoden as well. So, you know, they, if they had that that library, and the, there are a lot of those series are games that have a, a legacy on on Sony platforms, and it would make sense for it to be the home. But if Konami are happy to sell off their properties, I'd imagine they'd sell them off individually to the highest bidders. I or which would make a lot more sense for Konami. I think they just whore them out. I think they just license them out. They just say, oh, look, you know, pitch us a game and we'll let you publish that game. Mm. You give us X amount. It's no risk to Konami. It's a risk to, to whatever publisher pitches it to them. So um, not too dissimilar to how Disney do it with, with Marvel Studios true, and yeah. with um, uh, LucasArts. So uh, I... I it, you know, and I think that's eventually how Konami would go. But it would be really cool as, you know, a fan of, of um, Konami's different franchises. And given that I, I've played the, the lion's share of them on a PlayStation platform, it would be pretty cool to see Sony pick up those licenses and, and massively expand. Um, but then they need the studio to work on the studios to work on them. I, I do think Sony will make an acquisition at some point. 
And I think at the moment, if I was a betting man, I, I would pick Blue Point as next. But I don't think there's any foregone conclusions, and I, I, I don't doubt that they, they could surprise us. Yeah, I think the Blue Point one's been long, long rumored, hasn't it, or suggested? Um, but I mean, as as the Sony fan, I mean, are, are you kind of worried? Because I think when when I have spoken to some some other PlayStation's fans, I just think eventually Microsoft will just pump enough money in. To where it almost becomes a monopoly, but I, I just think Sony just the qual the quality of the product they still make, regardless of frustrations with, with this stuff we mentioned about no Game Pass alternative and lack of backwards compatibility. It's the the qual the product they put out, every first party thing they put out is a banger. Like even Days Gone would be Xbox's best exclusive of the last gen, and that's. That's got a fucking developer in in bother with Sony because it was a seven out of ten. So the as long as the product is as good as it is, I don't see Sony going anywhere. So what 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 your what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's there's any reason for immediate concern, given that as as we discussed, um, they they are the fastest selling console yeah. in in US history. They do have some big big games to come and they have some of the best studios in the world but i just think it's more of a case as 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 we said um kind of at the front end of this this topic that it's just about not resting on their laurels and not getting cocky as they did in the ps3 era because microsoft are making waves microsoft are microsoft just bought bethesda you know microsoft bought a shit ton of studios in in the past couple years they've got so many titles in development right now and although you know there's still a a couple of them that are you know which bizarrely psychonauts 2 i think is launching this year and that's Mm -hmm. going to be multi-plat but then beyond that you know they're going to become exclusives and while I'm I'm still sticking to my opinion that not every Bethesda game will exclude be exclusive, I think a lot of them will be. So Microsoft can have this massive offering from some very talented studios. They've got Game Pass, which is the best deal in gaming, and will likely just continue to be get to get better and better. You know, they're they're just making moves on all fronts. They're they're making deals with kind of you know kind of third parties. They've made deals with with uh, Sega to get series that were previously exclusive to, to, to PlayStation on to the Microsoft platform and also, you know, to, to, to even get them into Game Pass in the case of the Yakuza games. So they're, they're making waves, they're making up ground on, on Sony, their own console selling really well. And I think if, if Sony are, are just to kind of be happy to, to, to kind of sit still in first place, that that position could come under threat from from Microsoft. So I think they need to make some moves of their own. Um, they they need to not make any more blunders. Obviously, you know it was good to see them take a step back on on the the whole move to close down the stores. But they they should preempt these things. They they should know what their fans want and and not make moves that that are going to potentially upset them. And so I I don't want to see any more blunders from from Sony. I want them to to kind of be making positive moves that that people can get behind, rather than p- potential negative moves. Yeah, 
yeah, I think I think as long as I say, as long as the product's good, that they'll just they'll just be they'll just be there. As we said, Sony's won every console war it's been in, to my knowledge. So I don't um, think that'd change. Well, uh, I suppose the uh, at best you could say the 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 kind of PS3, Xbox 360, Wii. Um, era was was kind of a, a draw in in that you know the Wii technically sold the most consoles of the three but its attach rate wasn't particularly good because people just wanted to play Wii Sports and Mario Kart on it um and then the the Xbox obviously was seemed to be dominant for the majority of the yeah, generation but, but Sony Sony basically I think technically Sony sold slightly more consoles in the end because mm-hmm. they made such a late surge. But if you were to look at the attach rates, my expectation would be that Xbox 360, because it was the top dog for a longer period, probably sold more more games. So it's it's hard to say who the actual win, winner was between the three. So I think it's 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 uh it's inconclusive almost as as to who won that generation. But I, I think as you said, every other generation they've been in, PS one, PS two, PS four, and thus far PS five are, are are the the top dogs. Um, but they just as you said that the one the one generation that they didn't definitively win is the one generation where they got lazy, where they got complacent. Um, obviously, the the, the um, PSN network shutdown didn't help matters, but um, that was just one one symptom or one one factor that that played into things. Like they they, they did make a lot of mistakes, and I, I just don't think they can afford to to fall into that position again. But I'm I'm confident they 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 won't make those those same mistakes again. I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing something positive from them. I'm hoping they come out with some some news and you know around. They're not going to be involved in E3, but around that time, you know, some announce a couple more. You know, it's not even games. You know, I think we know some games are coming out. You know, one, even one first-party game announcement would do. But it's just to, to maybe announce an initiative, some sort of answer to, to Game Pass. And, you know, maybe a, a studio acquisition wouldn't hurt matters. Yeah, I think just, just some undoubtedly good news. It just I think it just spring it up. I mean, even if you, even a release date for, um, uh, for Horizon, I think you'd just... It, help them no end i think yeah no i i'd agree with that i mean even if it's an early 2022 if they, mm. they nail down a, a release date it, it would be quite quite nice and, and give us like kind of a more accurate window for for ragnarok and uh you know maybe a a date for grand Turismo 7 as well for, for the fans of that series it, you know just just to, to, to know when we're going to be getting these games and just a bit more clarity over what's to, to come would, would be nice. I think that's pretty much it, Carl. Any anything you want to bring up? We kind of touched on what we're playing at the the start, didn't we? Yeah, no, we we uh, we I don't think that covers everything I, I've been playing um, of late. Um, hopefully, something new will arise soon. Um, and you're 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 lost to the dark side of Call of Duty, so <laughs> we we know what you're playing. I am watching Vedanks blowing up as I speak because the event has started, and I am going to finish this podcast 
was saying, "R.I.P. the Danks. You are a cunt of a map, but we played too. I played you too much." Um, but thank you, everyone, for listening. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.